The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here we are in Advent, as the nights get longer and December moves toward deeper darkness. We wait for, hope for, expect God to come. We remember God's promise to Israel for a world where the lion and the lamb will lie down together. We hope for peace and harmony and justice for all people. In the church, we know we aren't at Christmas yet, and that we have these four weeks of quieter hoping and waiting and preparing for love to come down. Luke sets the stage for us, giving us the historical context for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. He tells us who's ruling where and when. We have Tiberius and Pilate and Herod and Philip and Lysanias. He tells us who's in charge of religious matters, that's Caiaphas and Annas. We have all of the important rulers in their important places, and then the word of God comes. But it doesn't come to any of them. Who would even remember their names if they hadn't been recorded in Scripture? No, the word comes to John, who doesn't rule anything whose only claim to fame is that the word of God comes to him. And it comes to him not in one of those fancy places, but in the wilderness. He has a message for us. Filled with the word of God, John calls us to repentance and forgiveness. He uses an image from Isaiah chapter 40, and he says, Prepare the way of the Lord, Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the rough ways made smooth. This is a great image. You see, in ancient times, when the king was coming to a certain place, he would send out his courier ahead of time so preparations could be made, especially highway construction. You have to fill in the potholes 
and make a path through the treacherous hills and smooth out the rough spots and straighten those hairpin turns because the king is coming and you want him to be able to get to you. John tells us to repent, to look at all the potholes and the barriers and the crooked places in our lives because the Lord is coming to us. He came at that first Christmas. He will come again at the end of time, and he comes to us anew every single day. To repent is this, to turn our lives and turn our attention toward Christ and dare to look at anything in our lives that obscures our sight of him or the path between us and him. And then, insofar as it is within our power, to deal with it. What do we need to straighten out in ourselves? It's always a good idea to start with our own rough and crooked places, but we know that the faithful life is not only about us as individuals and God, it's about community, it's about our city, it's about God's world. So what rough paths outside of ourselves also need smoothening and our loving attention? There's a call to action here, internal and external highway construction. That is the word of God that came to John in the wilderness, and it's a word for everyone. But if you yourself feel like you are in a kind of a wilderness in this Advent season, then please, my friends, take heart. God has a habit of coming to us in our wilderness places, in the suffering places, in the grieving places, where it seems that there is very little we can do for ourselves, where it's all up to God, where we simply need love to come down. Have you been there? Let's turn to our reading from Malachi, especially verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. This verse has become an image that speaks to what God is able to do in the times of suffering in our lives. If we must suffer, and most people do in this life, then, dear Lord, could it not be wasted? Could something good come from it? And I'm not saying, please hear me, I am not saying that God causes us to suffer or wills us to suffer or makes bad things happen to us. In fact, speaking just for myself, a fair amount of the suffering in my life, other than missing loved ones in heaven, has been due to my own bullheadedness. But whatever the reason or the cause, we can survive and even grow because God comes to us in our suffering and holds us and works within us. Here's what Malachi 3.3 says, about what our tender God can do in our suffering. He says that the Lord sits as a refiner and a purifier of silver. This is such a hopeful image. I'd like to share a story that I read about this verse, and if it is familiar to you, I hope you will agree that it's worth hearing again. A Bible study group wanted to know more about this verse and what it means about the character and the nature of God 
that God is a refiner and a purifier of silver. Someone in the group offered to go on a field trip and report back. She called a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her visit, except that she was curious about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire, where the flames were the hottest, so as to burn away the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us while we're in the fire. She thought again about the verse, God sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. And the man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time that it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. She then asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and he answered, oh, that's easy. It's when I see my image in it. Isn't this a hopeful Bible verse? That God is with us in our times of suffering when there is nothing we can do for ourselves. That God will not allow those times to be wasted, but instead will use them to refine us. And how do we know when we're refined? When the image of God, who is love and compassion, shines out from us. Let us pray. Dear God, in this season of Advent, this season of waiting and hope, we pray that you will hold us all, especially those in places of wilderness and those who suffer. We pray that you would keep close watch on us and speak to us and help us to hear your voice. We pray that wherever your people suffer, you will hold us in the palm of your hand, keep your eyes on us, and refine us until in our faces you see your own image. Help us to reflect your compassion, your generosity, your hope, your life to your world. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.